Hey there, it's Dr. Stacy Cordovano. I want veterinarians to learn to be happier, healthier, wealthier, and more grateful for the life that we've created. On this podcast, I will speak with outside-of-the-box thinkers to hear new ideas on ways to improve our day-to-day life. Welcome to The Whole Veterinarian. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the last episode of the equine series. Season four was really fun. I love digging in deep with my equine colleagues, and although I could probably do it forever, I'm going to move back into some topics that address vet med as a whole for season five. I love, though, that I get to end season four with a few of my besties. As I'm sure you know, I'm part of the team that co-founded the Sustainability in Equine Practice Seminar and Retreat Project. Our goal is to improve the well-being and productivity of equine veterinarians, and we want to inspire change at the individual level and collaborate with like-minded peers. We've seen that the power of this seminar is definitely the group collaboration. Today, you'll hear a recap of the previous two seminars, the second of which was an amazing event in Charlotte that just wrapped up in March. And you can join us for the third Sustainability and Equine Practice Seminar, which is being held in Seattle, Washington on September 29th. We limit the attendee number to 30 in order to maintain the close-knit group, and this session is filling fast, so make sure to check out www.sepseminars.com to learn more and to save your spot. We can't wait to shake things up with you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, ladies. How are you doing? Hi there. Morning. Good morning. Good job, miss. <laughs> okay. We are here to do a little reintroduction of the sustainability and equine practice seminar and retreat and a bit of a recap on the event we just had. So I'd like everyone to reintroduce themselves, please. Hi, my name is Cara Wright and I am a veterinarian in the San Francisco Bay area in California. I'm Kelly Zetunian. I'm a practice owner and also a veterinary business consultant, also in the San Francisco Bay Area. I am Misty Gray. I am an equine veterinarian and mom up in Hunterdon County, New Jersey. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Okay. So, Kelly, do you mind just doing a brief recap on kind of the goals and how sustainability and equine practice, also known as SEPs, because I'm sure we're going to start saying that, um, got started and kind of our goals? Yeah, I think um, we as a group of four practitioners have really created a support system amongst the four of us. And in our meetings and discussions, realized that there was just a general need and people wanting a bit more of a constructive outlet for them to share their concerns, share their wins with other veterinarians. We realized there are a lot of issues in the industry and reasons for people to not stick around or not want to enter the field anyway. So our our primary goal was to develop these personal and professional development um, curriculums or content that really helps the equine practitioner who wants to stay in the industry and wants to drive some sustainable change. It empowers them to do that. Perfect. And we have luckily had success at two of these seminars now. I want to talk a little bit about the content that we are providing because I know a couple of people have said, I had no idea what I was getting into, but this was great. So let's explain a little bit more about what people are getting into. 
So I think the key is that everything that we have is stuff that you're not getting somewhere else. We spend um, a fair bit of time on some sort of more concrete topics like a lawyer talking about different reasons why you need a lawyer. We have personal finance. We had Ryan Koopmans from Vincere Wealth Management come um, this time, which was pretty awesome because he's a veterinarian. So he actually really had a really unique viewpoint as a finance guy and a veterinarian. Um, you know, obviously Kelly talks about practice management and how to disrupt the status quo of equine practice in different ways, which I think is one of people's favorite sessions. So I think there's a really good balance between that kind of practice hard stuff and then some of the softer, more personal like work-life balance. How do you set boundaries? How do you take a pause from the crazy day that you have or this crazy life or this crazy career and really find yourself again and center yourself so that you can be the best version of you doing all the things that you do? Yeah. Misty, anything to add? I was following up with the dietitian that speaks for us. So I was talking to her this week and we were touching on how her field can run kind of similar or parallel to ours and that it's a challenge to strike a balance between what people need and what people want. And so, you know, we bring in a bunch of different personality types and a lot of go-getters and trying to give the hard skills that we know people are like really searching for. Those are easy to identify in the workday they're missing, um, but balance that out with some of the softer stuff that people may not realize is going to be a big impact or may feel like they're uncomfortable looking into that kind of stuff or there's just not time. Um, so really trying to strike the balance between making an impact for the individual, each individual with what the industry needs and then what we as individuals in practice also need. Mm -hmm, for sure. So I think taking that like a little bit further, because people are probably like, oh no, what, am I going to be uncomfortable? What are those software skills <laughs> that we are going to talk about? It was really powerful this time around, you know, starting off the weekend with kind of the concept of finding your why and realigning with your purpose for being in the equine industry. I mean, many of us are very goal driven and it's, get into vet school, do well, get an internship, go to a resident residency, get a new job, prove yourself at the job. And we're a lot of us finding ourselves needing to kind of reevaluate what our next goal is. And so that was really nice to just kind of have a different way to, to look at that and to realign uh, what we'd like to have for ourselves in our personal lives that, you know, supports also the professional side of things. And you certainly can't forget all of the physical support that we did through the weekend, right? Um, we have the yoga and functional movement topics to just help people um, learn exercises. We focus on the shoulder this time around. So exercises that we can do that take two to five minutes a day that can really help protect our body and keep us working longer or keep our bodies in one piece for when we um, retire and want to enjoy them. So I thought that was a really great addition this time around as well. Totally agree. I would never have thought of protecting my shoulder like you do your back. So it was really helpful for me considering how trash my shoulder is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, isn't it one of the biggest claims, like disability claims is shoulders in equine? Yeah. When Darcy started speaking about it, the first thing she said was, let's list all the ways that you use your shoulder during the day as an equine veterinarian. Yeah. And it's everything from 
driving to palpation, existing, I mean, the equipment, I mean, like it's everything. Another topic that we covered was communication styles and it's been popular both times. Cara, do you want to hit on it a little bit since you presented this past session? Sure. We do a session talking about DISC behavioral styles, which is a super easy method to sort of categorize how people react and behave when communicating. And once you sort of know what your tendencies are and what other people's are, it can make communication a little bit more simple. It's pretty fun. It's pretty interactive. And I know for the four of us doing the DISC assessment has been really helpful to understand some of the intricacies of how we all communicate with each other. So um, the DISC is always really fun and it's, you know, it's always fun to take a little assessment and learn more about yourself. Yeah, it came up all weekend long. Everyone kept being like, oh, that's why that you, or that's why I do. Yeah. Also, a lot of people were very interested to go home and take individual assessments for themselves and then to work that into to their teams, to making the work culture the best that it can be. And then another really awesome part of our seminar, in my opinion, but also in a lot of people's uh, opinions, I think, based on their exit surveys, is the fireside chats that we host. So we do a sort of informal group discussion each evening. Everyone gets a break in the afternoon to either do yoga or rest or a fun team building thing. And then in the evenings, we come back together before dinner and have a fireside chat. So let's talk a little bit about some of the themes that came up in those discussions, because this one was a little different than the last seminar. Yeah, this one, people had questions and they wanted answers, right? I feel like a lot of the questions on the first night for sure revolved around uh, staff, like how to hire, how to keep staff, how to manage the staff that you have in the best way possible. So like pretty concrete discussion. Um, And it was also really interesting to hear from everybody in the room who's had similar problems, the different ways that they approach the same thing. Um, So I thought that was a really good discussion that people hopefully came away with some good ideas. I think the beauty of the fireside chat is that we kind of go into it as facilitators with an idea of what topic we're going to introduce and and then let the conversation just kind of go where it goes. And so it really is, it's a diverse topic. It covers a lot of ground. I think it gets people comfortable with one another um, so that they can skip over the small talk in some ways and like really pretty quickly get to some very specific and helpful brainstorming with people that understand them and can understand their situation without having to have a whole backstory because we're all kind of in the same boat and experiencing some of the same things. It, it always surprises me how impactful those conversations are. I really like how we started off talking about um, everyone's practice hacks because to me going around the room and kind of hearing things that people find valuable and have found helpful is almost like a very quick guide to like equine vet to vet or women in equine practice, the social media pages where you kind of scroll through and find those nuggets of like, Oh, Mm -hmm. I should try those pants or, Oh, I should drink water throughout the day. So I stay hydrated or, Oh, that app sounds amazing for my phone to block incoming calls during particular times of the day so that I can focus on non work related things. So it's always cool hearing what people are doing and nice to see that people like instantly were downloading things on their phone 
corner, yeah. writing, writing things down to immediately start um, enacting some of those changes. It's a really nice icebreaker too. So instead of being like, my name is Kara and I work at a six doctor practice and I prefer sports medicine. It's like, I like snacks and music, uh-huh. you know? So it's like a really good way to, to get to know someone a little bit quicker in a different manner than we're used to, I think. Yep, for sure. Another theme that came up, I thought was workplace culture and how to improve that. I thought that was a really, really important discussion to be had. And it was also, again, important to hear that everybody's struggling a bit or has experienced a toxic workplace culture and that we as a group, we're all really trying hard to work towards improving that for future vets and for our employees and things like that. One other thing I wanted to hit on that happens at the seminar is that also in that afternoon time frame, attendees get a chance to meet one-on-one with the speakers. Anybody want to explain that a little bit more? Our hope when we started this part of the seminar, when we were in the planning process, was that um, we want it to go beyond just sitting in a lecture and learning topics, that we want people to leave with real connections and a list of like a quick go-to who can help them when they need something. So not just identifying a problem, but also identifying a solution. And if the solution doesn't exist, knowing easily who to go to to help find the solution. And so what we added, the morning portion is a more traditional style lecture where you get to listen to presentations. And in the afternoon, we have signups for individual speakers, individual one-on-one time with our speakers. And so those are short sessions. Um, They're casual, but then you get to go sit down with the person that presented and dive in a little bit more or nail down a little bit more your specific situation and brainstorm some. And then when you leave, you have this person so that if you're driving in the car, an employee quits or you have a investment opportunity and you don't know what to do with it, or you're starting a new job and you know you have a contract negotiation coming up or something doesn't feel right, you don't have to make a note to yourself, I need to go sit down and research who can help me on this because it's very easy to get lost in the rabbit hole of even trying to figure out who can help. Um, now you have that phone number in your phone, you have the connection, and you get to just make the call. And really just leave with a better support system in place as soon as you get to the airport. 100%. We know for a fact that I think several of us and lots of attendees have used those services since they've met the speakers. Um, Kelly, being a speaker, I know you have met with several people. I kind of want to transition into some of our success stories thus far. Yeah, so I always get excited, and one of um, one of our fireside uh, chats, just to sort of segue, is how do you define success? And um, my definition of success is not necessarily that I myself have found balance, because that's a daily challenge, but it's seeing other people succeed and being able to help them work towards that balance. Uh, And so it's been really exciting because we've had a number of attendees from both the first and second session who have followed up with me for some practice management and business development consultations and 
they're hiring. And that's the first and biggest challenge is, you know, people not thinking that they can afford to hire or that they can think outside of the box and have somebody who just works part time or, you know, they're nervous to do an emergency co-op with other people in their area. Uh, And so some of the really great success stories are an individual who thought she was just going to shut down her business and walk away and go to a small animal clinic down the road. Um, And she was inspired by the meeting, turned around, put out an ad to hire somebody. And that associate is starting this month. So that is a win. We've just brought another equine veterinarian into the fold and into a practice that's dedicated to making sure that we are honoring um, the work-life integration or work-life success that we're all trying to have. The other nice thing with some of the solo practitioners, even if they're not ready or they love solo practice, which you can absolutely love solo practice. We've learned that from some of some of our attendees previously. They've at least created and found this support network and um, this family of veterinarians that they can call upon when they're feeling a little bit lonely or they're questioning themselves because they don't have a technician in the car to kind of look at and say, was that crazy? Did that just happen? They now have that. And uh, that feels really good to create that network of people that can really support each other in whatever their practice life looks like. Speaking of that, we do cap the seminar at 30 attendees because we do highly value the close knit nature of the weekend and the formation of those bonds that people can then know everybody and call any person across the country that they met last weekend. So I just wanted to point out that we do keep it small and it's been helpful, I think. I'll add one more because we also have a private Facebook group. And that's another way that we've been able to connect with each other. Uh, And we did a follow-up of, you know, what were your takeaways? What have you already enacted? And what um, do you plan to enact? And um, it was really cool seeing everybody chime in and say that they had increased their prices, which is a huge deal. And, you know, Ryan talked to us about 8% inflation and our need to keep up with that. So we have to charge appropriately, you guys. And it was cool that people really started doing that. And then the other one was like, again, the softer, but completely necessary skills of creating those boundaries and clearly communicating with our clients and our staff uh, when we are or are not available uh, and seeing photos of people with their families or out riding their horse. Um, that That's just as big of a win as adding that new associate to the practice, right? Because we're making it, we're making it more sustainable for the practitioners who are already with us, which is the primary goal. Well, and how about, um, we had a repeat attendee. We had a few repeat attendees, so two seminars in a row. And at the first seminar, one of the attendees um, in some of our small group really identified just a ton of ideas that she had about ways to change the internship programs and how to get interns better integrated into practice and taking those ideas and then coming back to this seminar, I heard kind of in some of the background conversation, she was connecting with a couple other people and talking about that. And they're like, oh, do you know this person? And through those connections, now she's on one of the internship committees with AAP and, you know, bringing change at all levels. Yep. There's been a ton of success and a little bit more of some of the feedback on on Facebook or in discussions were you know, this was one of the most meaningful experiences I've had in my 10-year career. 
this was a group of people with hope for the future and lots of plans to make that hope reality. So we are excited that we are bringing these people together and allowing them to form these connections. And we are going to do it again in the fall. So the fall is going to be back outside of Seattle. We found this pretty great hotel called the Cedarbrook Lodge, which is, it's right near the airport. There's an airport shuttle, but it's this kind of mountain. It's in the trees and it's got like wood and nice lighting. And it's a really nice place to connect with people. But we're going to have a lot of the same topics that we've had before that people really resonate with. Nutrition, functional movement, lawyers, how to set boundaries, work-life balance, finance, all the things. It's going to be September 29th, which is a Thursday evening through Sunday morning, October 2nd. We're super excited. We wouldn't be able to do it without our sponsors. So thank you to Zoetis Platinum Performance, BI, and Merck for their really, really nice sponsorship of this event so that we can have it for everybody. We're also going to be doing an alumni session following that meeting. So Sunday night through Tuesday morning, where we'll have a smaller group of people who have attended either Charlotte this spring or Cedarbrook last fall, where we're going to do some deep dives into a couple of the topics where we can really sit in a smaller group and dive deeper into some of the topics that people really want to get into. So yeah, and the food's awesome. The food is awesome. The food was awesome at both places. So we're excited. Any other thoughts on the future? Yeah, I would say this is not a women's meeting. It is a meeting that is primarily made up of women, just as that is representative of the equine industry and veterinary industry in general right now. But we did have um, some men in attendance at this last meeting. And we have some men signed up for September already, right? Mm -hmm. One of the things that comes up sometimes in the Facebook group or in conversations is I really want to go, but I don't want to do yoga. Do I have to do yoga? No, nobody has to do anything. anything. (laughs) You come and take what you need and leave the rest. It really is about you. That being said, I was listening. One of our speakers is uh, Julie Squires and people really seem to get a lot out of what she shares. But I was listening to her podcast this week and there was an episode on women speaking up and that in general, once one woman speaks up and asks a question or shares an experience, it empowers other women backed by science. More women will also speak up and ask more questions and share more ideas. And um, I think that really stuck out to me as one of the things that happens at this meeting is that it is a place for people who happen to primarily be women to be able to support one another and ask questions and have their really great ideas shared and heard. Perfect. Okay. Well, thanks ladies. As always, it was good to see you. I will see you again soon as we continue planning September, but this is going to wrap up my equine series on the podcast. So thanks for being here to do that with me. Thanks, Chase. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again for listening today. I so very much appreciate the time you spend with me. I know it is so valuable. For more information or to sign up for our monthly newsletter, please check out the newly revamped website at thewholeveterinarian.com. You can also connect with me on Instagram at The Whole Veterinarian. And lastly, if you have a spare moment, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you're enjoying the show or share it with a friend. Thanks so much. And I will talk to you again soon.